You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Podcasting from beautiful East Tennessee and brought to you by BRV Studios, this is Have You Heard, our show that brings up random news and crazy events and a lot of other topics you've probably never heard of. For instance, have you heard about Apple's rise to Trillville? What about the Dine and Dash dater? Or crazy people that dig tunnels under their basement? We've got crazy dudes banging half-dead beavers and a whole lot more. Here is episode 56 of The Big Red Van. All right, everybody, here we are, episode number 56, HYH, he's Hayden. He's Wade. And this is a show that brings you a lot of information about a bunch of topics that you didn't ask about. Nope. So we, uh, we're bringing you some good stuff tonight. I feel very good about mine. Same. So, uh, but how you been, Hayden? Oh, great, man. The weather's finally feeling nice outside. It's Somewhat. fall. It was, had a little bit of a scorcher the other day where it spiked back up, but it's been some good, good, nice days outside. Yeah, it's East Tennessee. You Those know. evenings, man. Mm-hmm. Mm. We did, we did. We had that one week that gave us that taste of fifty-five degree mornings, mm-hmm. you know, and highs of eighty. Just gorgeous fall weather, and oh, yeah. it, it's been nineties lately with some storms. But uh, it's fall. It's oh, yeah. fall. It's time the for the leaves fall. are falling. I've just discovered in the last few days, like, oh shit, here they come, like. I mean, I've already had to blow the leaves a lot. Yeah. It's happening. With the fall weather comes fall sports. Yeah. You know how it is in Tennessee. It's They say it's football time in Tennessee. <laughs> yep. Uh, to steal a phrase. And uh, it is uh, football time everywhere in the country and gambling on football time everywhere in the country with, uh, you know, one of the episodes yep. we talked about that, the legalization of the sports gambling, I think with Jackson. Well, uh, or just but, the non-federal ban on it is... Is what happened, right? Yeah. Allowing yeah. states to resolve it themselves as Absolute, they see fit. Absolutely. Like, you're not going to, in the way that the platforms are these days, uh, you can do it from your phone. Yeah. You know, so. And they can set up shop in whatever state they want it, <laughs> they want to. Absolutely. <laughs> Wherever it's legal. But there were a lot of states that were running to the courthouse to say, we want to file for the papers to do this. Mm-hmm. And there were a well, lot of. Well, because com- the state probably didn't have a law against it because it's been a federal ban. So well, of course. So they got to start writing the legislation if they want to make it illegal right and get people to vote on it dude and there's a lot of companies that are pushing for it to be legal right buffalo wild wings being one they've been very vocal about the fact that they want to open up a sports book inside of a buffalo wild wing so while you're sitting there getting your food watching your games you can just you know go place a little wager on said (laughs) game and do that too that's just insane it's going to do... Could you imagine going to B-dubs and that being what's going down in there? I, first of all, thank you for referring to it as B-dubs. <laughs> Second, secondly, yes, I can see this as a future, and I can't wait for this to be the future. Gah. I can only imagine how much of a riot it would be in one of those places if that's the case. Because they already get crazy on football Incredible, nights. man. Yeah. Like the uh, outcomes of big games like Super Bowls and stuff... Oh yeah, it would be incredible. Like, we went, to, and they know that they we want went to that. like the the AFC. Um, didn't even realize we were going to it on accident, but like we went to Buffalo Wild <laughs> you, Wings. You would just because we were wanting 
wings. And we're like, oh yeah, we, let's go to B Dubs. And man, why are they so busy? Oh yeah, it was so busy, and it was <laughs> it was like the AFC Championship game. And like, I mean, it was like a riot in there, dude. Like, we were like loving it though, because it was great. Because I was like, oh shit, yeah, now we can watch the freaking game. I totally forgot that that was today, you know, because I'm not a good sports ball fan. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was it was a riot in there, dude. B Dubs gets crazy on the big games. See, B Dubs, that's that's great. Uh, there was a B Dubs when I went to college at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. It was down on the main strip, and that was actually what they had on the outside of the building was b-dubs oh like for real yes yeah it was great loved that place so uh football obviously and then wagering on football uh don't don't 1-800 gambling you know if you've got a problem but uh (laughs) if you uh like to you know play the lines as jared and i say then uh there are ways for you to do that and not feel like a degenerate because you don't have to do it in back alleys or whatever, <laughs> you know, under the table. But you can do it on your app. On your app. <laughs> uh, but it also is time for me to become a leader of the uh, future and uh, take over Reigns as the head coach of a four to six year old T ball team, oh, baseball man. team. Excuse me, not T ball. Base coach pitch baseball. Yeah, team. dude, the little kids are actually hitting a baseball. So uh, it's yeah. moving through the air. One of the bigger uh, responsibilities of my lifetime so far <laughs> is uh, the safety of these some of these four year olds that have no idea what they're doing. Their safety on a baseball field yeah. is my responsibility, and uh, I don't know that I'm properly qualified for that. To be honest <clears throat> with you, um, I have one one kid on my team. Uh, that remember how we talked about if you could invest in people? You remember that episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when they become a NFL athlete, they uh, there's get, like you rules get a cut you can't you can't invest in like family. There's like obviously got to be rules in that type of thing. Insider trading laws about those types <laughs> of things. Uh, there's there's a few kids on my team that I'd like to invest in. I bring that up because if one of the kids on my team were to hit the ball as hard as he could. And, and it hit another one of kid. these other four-year-olds that I've got on my team's not paying attention, which is 99% of the time, they could legitimately get hurt. Yeah. I'm talking like life-threatening injuries get hurt. And this is with the ball that's soft. So They play with the squishy ball? Uh, it's Yeah, it's kind of squishy. It's not I, really soft, but it definitely has like some a, give to it. Yeah, they make like a kid's t-ball ball that's like squishy rubber yeah it's not the squish super squishy rubber Mm -hmm. but it's soft right so um it's fun it's a lot of fun we won our first game i know Uh, you were there i went you were there and got to uh, i because because i was watching the play but uh when macy ran that kid down at home dude like a gazelle i'm telling you uh I was watching Macy run home to town. I was like, get him, get him, get him, get him. You know, I was like rooting. And then Deanne says, she's watching you. And you leapt like six feet in the air. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did. Like fist in the air, like six feet in the air when that happened. And she was like, you should, you were looking at the wrong thing. So, dude, it was a uh, replay of what happened last season, but roles were reversed. Mm -hmm. So, last year, I was third base coach. She was at third. And there was a play where there was a kid with the ball. In about the same position that she was in the grass past first base. Mm-hmm. And I saw that as the third base coach, and I sent Macy home. Macy beat him by a step, but the boy tagged her in her shoulder and knocked her on her butt like really hard. Like she mm-hmm. hit the ground pretty hard because it was, they both got there at full speed. Yeah. 
you got to see the reverse of that where Macy was the one in the grass with the ball and mm-hmm. it was the boy on third base running home. Hi, dude. <laughs> she caught his ass. Oh, yeah. Not only did she catch his ass, she stuck one arm out with the ball in her glove, mm-hmm. tagged him while he was running full speed, and held on to the damn thing. Loser! You're a loser! Yeah, dude. The- I was so proud. That's I, I'm surprised I didn't jump 10 feet in the air. Yeah. That was all adrenaline, and I, <laughs> I couldn't contain myself. It was one of those where all of that just came into just boom at that moment. Oh, yeah. That I knew great. she was going to catch him. Yeah, dude. You guys, you have, between her being able to, to field the ball like that, and you got that little kid that plays home, and your kid on first, man, the fact that those kids can like legit throw and catch – is like just deadly in that mm-hmm. little kid league, man. Almost, I bet half that league has to rely on any kind of play on the ball by a kid running it to the base. Right. There's no passing the ball in the four-year-old Very league. few. Yeah. Very few. And if you've got the few that can successfully do it, you're getting them out at first every time, and you guys were slaying them on that. Yeah, man. Because they, they couldn't do that. They had. They to, scored three runs on errors. They yeah. shouldn't have scored at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cut yeah, you, got, you guys are going to have that nasty little trio... I think that's going to pay off big. I hope so. I hope <laughs> you, so. That You know what practice needs to be for them, too? Throwing the ball to each other. That's all. That's that's funny because that's all they did pregame. They good. can both hit the ball good enough to where they, yeah. didn't, they took two swings pregame and then played catch. Mm-hmm. That's all they did. And uh, it, it paid off a little yeah, bit. Just, you guys just sit here and play catch with each other. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be the most fun that I've ever had, win or lose. Uh, it was, it's obviously much more fun to win, but... Anyway, I could talk about that with you for hours. We have a show to do, but we have some housekeeping also. Yep. We have a promise that we keep to all of our listeners that take enough time to, first of all, listen to our show. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Second of all, if you leave a review for us to read anywhere you leave it, you could email us a review. But if you leave it anywhere and we get it, we're going to read it live on the air. And we happen to get one of those that uh, Hayden's going to tell you about. Um, as Wade said, we uh, we do like those reviews, but we specifically like them on iTunes. So make sure you leave it there if you possibly can. Um, but this person did that. It says, I love this podcast, exclamation point. Just one? <laughs> yeah, just one, okay. though. I mean, I'll take one. Not three exclamation points All like right. it should be. I'll take one. Um, hey, whoa, 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 back up. What's this person's name? Um, you know you have to very poorly pronounce the, the our, username. <laughs> uh, Arts Minas. Manasse. You know I don't speak Spanish. In English, please. The Big Red Van is basically my first podcast that I've ever listened to, and I've loved every moment of it. I've been binge listening to it since I heard about it. Such great podcast, and I love to hear you guys stream it live. You guys are awesome. Keep up the good work. So, Ooh. Yeah, thanks, Arts Manasse. Arts Manasse, thank you so much. So, stream it live. Uh-oh. Ooh, what about that for a uh, request? Love that. Let me get a couple cables and we'll be doing it. Yeah, we'll do that. And then uh, they said they binge listen. Uh, I've actually heard that from a couple people, that we've got a uh, binge listen quality to us, Hayden. And just rolls off the tongue. I guess. (laughs) Just H-Y-H. H-Y-H. I guess. Okay, let's stop being weird. Let's do it. Everybody, have you heard? So uh, we've all seen Wedding Crashers. Uh, and you know the scene when Vince Vaughn puts the eye drops in Bradley Cooper's drink at First the dinner of all, table. If you haven't seen Wedding Crashers, then you're not a proper listener to this and show. Shame on you. Um, and go watch it. Yes, you, I'm sure you can get it free on many platforms. I want to say it's on Netflix. It yeah. might not be. 
It's on the interweb somewhere. If not, I'll give you the DVD for a dollar. <laughs> um, but you know, they he puts the puts the eye drops in his drink at the dinner table, and he uh, ends up um, sick as shit, so, a- ass bloating all over the place. So that that legit is l- real. Like if yes. you uh, visine somebody's drink, you uh, and we're talking two drop, three drops in somebody's it'll drink, it'll make them sick. It'll uh, yes, they'll be it'll be coming out of both holes. Mr. Stephen Delvale Clayton, he's a 64-year-old man uh, um, that was just found dead back in July. Hmm. Lena Sue Clayton, who is his uh, recent wife of 52 years, uh, I'm sorry, 52 years old, not recent, 52 years, that doesn't make any sense. But uh, she is accused of tainting Stephen's drinking water with those said eye drops. Mm, Good word. um, Days before his death. The authorities uh, arrested Mr. Clayton, or I'm sorry, Miss Clayton. On August 31st, toxicology reports showed that uh, tetrahydrolazine, God, that was a hard one. Tetrahydrolazine? Tetrahydrozoline. Drozoline. There, okay. There you go. Big difference. The chemical used, which is what's in nasal sprays and eye drops like Visine. So after Stephen. So she killed him with Visine? Yeah. If I'm hearing you right? Yeah. That's what you just said? That's what I just said. Man. Yeah, I wonder how violent his death was. Well, so here's it, it was. There's multiple angles to this. So he was actually found dead at the uh, bottom of the steps. Like he died, quote unquote, falling down the steps because he, quote unquote, had vertigo. Which you know he had no medical history of any of these kinds of things, and they didn't know what could have possibly been wrong with him to cause him to just get dizzy all of a sudden. Okay, she poisoned him with this stuff, and it got him essentially sick as shit. Like, so bad that he was, like, delusional and, like, losing it. And uh, he was at the top of the steps, and she apparently just knocked him down the steps to finish the job. Well, I mean, he may have gotten vertigo, you know, from all of that. Who knows? I mean, I... Have you ever had that happen to you? Has anyone ever played the prank on you no. by putting a couple drops of Visine in your drink? No. I have. And it's 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 like uh, bad Taco Bell. If, if it's just... If they're just giving you enough to... Like I said, two or three drops in a 32-ounce Mountain Dew or something, fountain drink. Yeah. Yeah, that'll just make it be like it was a bad dinner at Taco Bell, and then you're just in the bathroom for an hour and a half or in and out of there. <laughs> but if they gave you half a bottle or a whole bottle of Visine, maybe it does just make your organs start to shut down, and yeah. then you could just pass out and fall down some stairs. Yeah, because apparently she was giving it to him over several days, too, like just in his drinks. like just Oh, man, I'm him sure up. it had his liver on shutdown. Yeah also it was kind of a crazy series of events like uh so he died and then they had a funeral for him in the backyard where she was present and everything like that they had like their own little like private funeral um and nobody knew that he had been murdered everyone just thought he fell down the steps and died he was a 65 year old man you know it's not old but you know you could still die by falling down the steps. So she didn't tell anybody about the toxicology reports? There wasn't like a criminal filing done yet. It was basically like a closed case. Like old man fell down the steps. You okay, know? so what caused them to go in and check um, it? The, the head prosecutor of the county did because the family had basically pointed out, like, there's no, to the investigator, like, there's no reason that our, our dad or our uh, cousin here would have ever just, he had no medical history of having something like that wrong with him like he wouldn't have just stumbled down the steps clumsily right he's a fit you know healthy guy that's sharp as a tack you know there's no reason for him to be falling down the steps and dying so they thought it was very strange so they like got the prosecutor to get involved 
got the toxicology report and all that stuff together. And then they were like thinking about arresting her. And apparently she got wind of the fact that, that she knew she was about to get arrested and uh, actually tried to kill herself. Whoa. Yeah. With Visine? <laughs> no. Um, apparently she um, tried to just turn the gas on in the house, you know, and uh, like suffocate herself in gas. Uh, what a what a coward. I know. She wanted to go a painless way. Yeah. She just wanted to, oh my gosh. And uh, Why don't she just sit in the garage and put a ho I'm just kidding. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> oh my God, went dark. Um, but of course she, uh, she didn't actually die. The police, of course, uh, busted in and like drug her out and she was still alive. She admitted to poisoning him and all the such as follows. Wow. Um, cause of course she was just, I guess felt bad about it and was going to kill herself and just confessed everything. Glad they caught her before she succeeded with that. Yeah, I know, right? She she also had some like suicidal scribblings out on the back porch too, so that was kind of their extra proof that she was like admitting guilt. Murder suicide. How do you feel about that? Go. Uh, foe. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> what? I, I, no. I out of left field. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, how do you feel about those people? Cowards? Oh, total. Like, I mean, murder suicide is like. There's a special place in hell for you. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. That's just yeah. Coward is is the best word. That's that's the most PC word we can say. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's what all that's all really all I have on my mind right now is but, what uh, a bitch. Wild story. A lady actually killed her husband with visine in the drink. That is insane, dude. Isn't it? Never thought when when somebody told me, oh man, you feel so crappy because I gave you some visine. I didn't think it would work. <laughs> I didn't think I'd kill you. You know, like I honestly, it was bad. It's my times at the university of Nebraska were crazy to say the least. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Visine was one of them. So anyway, everybody have you heard? So that Amazon was the second to Trill town. So, or Trillville, it's Trillville. It's right? Trillville. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm old, but Trillville radio, Trillville radio. And <laughs> they are doubling down on the digital advertising market. But before I get to that, there's a few interesting notes about Amazon's journey to the $1 trillion valuation versus Apple's journey. I know, right? Just a few weeks behind them. So a few weeks behind them, right? Uh, In terms of getting to a trillion. Yeah. But we are going to go through that. Okay? I think you're going to like this. Okay. Apple reached it by dominating one category, which was considered the tech hardware. Electronics. Category, right? Amazon got there by having many different revenue streams Mm -hmm. they have money coming in all places apple goes slow with their ideas and their releases and they make huge profits yeah while amazon moves extremely fast in all of their business ventures and they absorb all of their losses so both approaches have worked amazon's has shown to work a whole lot faster amazon hit the one trillion dollar market 21 years after going public apple took 38 years Amazon went from six hundred billion to seven hundred billion in sixteen days, <laughs> compared to that same jump in valuation taking Apple one year and two hundred and fifty-seven days. Well, there is the old saying that slow and steady always wins the race. Of course, of course. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm simply stating things that. Uh, and also, you're on a timeline. You know, Apple took. Apple was doing well. Can Amazon just sponsor us by now? Like, please. But, uh, you know, no, no. so, like, what about the, the timeline of, like, pre-jobs, post-jobs? 
like the return of jobs when Apple made its monstrous comeback in the iPhone and all that stuff. Of course, Apple's value went from like here to way up here in that time. Right. Apple was also a company a lot longer than than Amazon was. Right, so that's what I mean. The early years of Apple were, of course, good to them, but it wasn't like the back end twenty years, or the back ten even. They're also in different industries. Okay, so they hold similar market shares in those respective industries, where Apple controls more than fifty percent of the smartphone market globally. They have that's raised- what I mean, but that wasn't the case twelve years ago. Yeah, it was. It might have been higher. The iPhone, years ago. the iPhone one, came out like what was that? Two thousand and seven, two thousand six. So I mean, it's not been that many years ago that they've dominated the cell phone market. Because it had the cell phone market hasn't been around. The that's what I mean. Market. Like, well, that's my point. Is like Apple's monstrosity of growth came once they dominated the cell phone industry, right? Because if you look at Apple pre cell phone industry, it was iMacs. And IMAX. That's that's what you bought from Apple. That was the only thing they sold. And now, right, because now, they had the big ideas of the iPod, the iPhone, right. That and stuff the started happening. And then when the iPhone came out, it was the iPad and the iPods, and now the Apple Watches and the everything. Now they own, yeah. they own Beats. You know, like <laughs> like. But okay, I mean, you know what I mean. I was so meaning, I guess I don't understand what it is that you're arguing. No, I'm asking: Did the value of Apple skyrocket? in the past 10 years like quickly like amazon of course it did not but the first 28 years of of apple was very very slow and steady sure the same thing with amazon right the first amazon didn't start seriously growing until the last say four or five years right when it started to really buy up a bunch of people is really what they did to answer your question it's pretty comparable i would yeah. say their their spike in growth came at about the same time in history but not the same time in history for their companies right right, right. so um like i said apple controls more than 50 percent of the smartphone market globally and they've raised their stock price from 22 dollars 22 dollars which it was at their offering initially to their high of 228 dollars i think you and i ballparked it around 250 what was it four billion shares of yeah 228 10 but that's a 10 times increase from the initial stock offering price to their current Mm-hmm. price right uh, amazon on the other hand dominates e-commerce and data storage those two industries amazon is in total domination of where 49 cents of every one dollar spent online is to amazon wow 49 percent of the market share of online sales is amazon 49 percent. that's unreal <laughs> they've moved fast in entertainment food delivery, even healthcare. We've talked about Amazon getting into healthcare and their stocks have gone from $18 at their initial offering to $2,050, which is a 114% time increase. Wow. Just in case you're curious. <laughs> so this is funny. An investment of $1,000 in Apple at the start of Apple at that $22 wouldn't today yield you around $527,000. Hell yeah. <laughs> Same That's invest- why Forrest Gump was so rich. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Same investment in Amazon would give you $1.2 million with 17 years less less of a waiting. Wow. Well. So now Amazon wants even more money, and they're taking on Google and Facebook in the digital advertising game. 
So like I said, they're into data storage, they're into healthcare, they're into food service and delivery, they're into e-commerce, obviously. But now they want digital advertising, which is a game that is owned by Google and Facebook currently. They have well over 50% of market share just between the two of them with all digital advertising running through their companies, okay? So, and that's an $88 billion market that Amazon is willing to just throw tons and tons of money at so that they can start to own that too. Wow. We've talked, we talked about it. Uh, we're 56 episodes deep. And I think if you were to go back, maybe our binge listener will go back as far as say episode three, four or five, maybe even two. I think episode two or three, I talked about Amazon, Airbnb and Uber. Yeah. I think was Mm -hmm. my things. And that far ago, talking about what Amazon was doing then and today, a year and a half later, talking about them being a trillion dollar valuation. There's no way when I was talking a year and a half ago about this type of stuff. I was just talking about the cool little things that they were doing with their online shipping. Mm-hmm. Now, and then it went into Whole Foods, and then it went into healthcare, and then it went into Amazon TV. Now they own the world. They're going to own the world. Well, they own 49% of the internet. It's crazy, man. <laughs> that was a stat that kind of stood out. That's pretty cool. So, uh, I think it's time to take a break. Yeah. Break number one. Hey, everyone. We're going to be right back. But in the meantime, hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Big Red Van Pod or email us at the Big Red Van Podcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a five star review on Apple iTunes Podcasts if you're a member of Team iPhone. We'll take them. Five star reviews we read live on the air, give you shout outs. Thank you so much for listening. And back to the show. Everybody, have you heard? So, you know how there's, like, women out there that will, like, go on a date with a guy just for a free dinner? Yes. You know they, how that's, they a, are that's a real thing. Yeah. Whether the percentage of those people out there is high or low is a question. But uh, I had a couple of friends in college, girls that were like that. They were, they were it's, like, a yeah. li- it's a little sleazy, but still innocuous enough to claim no harm, no foul, I feel like. you know, Sure. You there's know. enough stranger danger these days where yeah. it's not going on as much. Um. So what about a guy whose main game is to straight counter that? So this 45-year-old man named Paul Guadalupe Gonzalez. That's like his plan? Um, Going in, this is like his game? You'll see what I mean. Okay. He was fond of meeting women online off of dating apps like Tinder and et cetera. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Tinder, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Not Match.com. He went on many, many dates from May... Uh, May of 16 through this past April. Farmers only. That's maybe, maybe he gets on farmers only. I don't know. You know, you don't hate man. You know, yeah, you can't farmers only.com. Hey, we, we've got to bring it full circle. Black people meet.com. Yeah. Who knows? It could be, uh, I don't There's, you said Tinder. I just wanted to make sure that we included everybody. Yeah. It just said dating apps. So sure. I would assuming that, uh, Tinder was involved. Sure. But he was also a very, uh, strapping handsome looking dude so i'm sure it was no problem to get plenty of swipes to the right swipe right but uh he went on a lot of dates from uh like i said may 16 through this past april he meets women for the date you know chats has a good time they go to dinner and um he tells her to get whatever she wants they order fancy drinks and you know he plays it up real hard and this is where he uh 
does what he does. And so when dinner's almost over, he goes to the restroom. So I was gonna, he does the pull down, I gotta go to the restroom trick. Okay. And he splits. The oldest trick in the book, and he gets away with Leaving it. Leaving the woman who is not planning on paying, footed with the bill. Okay. Um, earning him his nickname, the Dine and Dash Dater. Okay. So on ten different occasions, and I, I, I put on my notes that, uh, in quote, that were made public. Because you know that... Um, how many times has he done this, and the woman who got punked feels too embarrassed to tell anybody about it? I don't know, man. You know, you would think that they'd go straight online as soon as they paid for dinner and be like, it's trashing him. Yeah, this, this, that may uh, be true. This asshole did this to me. That may be true. But Especially, I, w- I don't know how Tinder works. I'm sorry, I'm old but and married. <laughs> you know, uh, do you give... I'm old and married. Do you, do you get reviews? Is it like Uber? I, where, I like, honestly have never seen it in real life action, do they, I so mean, I don't know. Feedback listeners, do they like count your swipe rights and lefts? <laughs> do they count them? <laughs> and you get to see you that? you get a grade card? <laughs> oh, yeah, you should. There's got to be a rating system, right? It can't just be your looks. Is it? <laughs> I have no clue. I should have done better research. It's This goes coming full circle for us. So I mentioned episode two or three where I talked about... Uh, uh, Amazon, I know that we also talked about Tinder on like the pilot episode about how uh, Tinder was just look at my face. Like, yeah. here I am. That's all it is. Look at my face. Do you want to, you want to do it or do you not want to do it? <laughs> you know, right or left. Here we are a year and a half later still not understanding if, ten- <laughs> if that's Tinder. But <laughs> I love it. We've done zero research. <laughs> None. Uh, no beta testing none all right so eight times the woman just ended up embarrassingly footing the bill and the other two times the restaurant comped the meal because the lady didn't have any money she was like shit i was gonna do it to him no or well no i mean like the plan was he's like yeah i'll buy dinner you know and then he leaves you know he tells them ahead of time like yeah i got it get whatever you want i got it that doesn't mean you come to dinner with no money oh i know like I i mean what the hell or at least they didn't have enough money to cover it. So the rest. I hope I raise my daughter in a way to where if she goes out to dinner with a guy, she's got money to pay for it if he does this to oh, her. Oh, of course. That's you know the what I mean? responsible thing. Having money on you when you do anything is Whether a responsible or not thing. You have it. Yeah. Bringing it with you, like, is. Anyway. But, anyways, you know, on, but on two of the occasions, the restaurant ended up having to uh, comp the dinner. Um, but they uh, didn't like having to do that. Of course um, not. They make her do dishes? No, they uh, they filed a criminal complaint against that gentleman after getting a little bit of information from the like both restaurants that this happened in. Um, ended up doing that because they like this shit don't fly. Um, and then once that criminal complaint happened, there was actually a few other people across town, i.e., these ladies that had uh, decided that they wanted to do something about it, came forward with information about him. And sure enough, the l- local prosecutor decided, you know what, let's get this. Let's get this dude. And so they uh, brought it before a judge with all the stuff that they had against him. And uh, the judge said, yeah, you can warrant. Here you go. Wow. And um, so just for a a whole slew of douchebaggery. Oh. And everyone uh, agreeing with him on the way. Yeah. And like, you know what? Yep. He's enough of a douchebag. Go ahead. Let's let's pursue it. Um, 
So in total, uh, Mr. Gonzalez was accused of defrauding the women and the restaurants of more than $950. Yep, that's it. Reached felony. Uh, so among his charges that were added to the complaint, he went to several hair salons as well during all of this time uh, to get his hair cut and then would just leave um, without paying. Like What a jerk off. Yeah. And so, of course, he had like a record around a bunch of different hair salons of like that guy walks out on his services. And you said he was a good looking guy. So he's probably yeah. just using He's just a clean cut, handsome dude. Wow. The the arrest warrant was uh, was given on July 3rd and they arrested him this past August uh, 25th uh, in Pasadena, California. So his charges are all felonies, seven counts of extortion, two counts of attempted extortion and one count of grand theft which, like I said, are all felonies, as well as two misdemeanor counts of defrauding an innkeeper and petty theft. <laughs> so the the one felony, or uh, what was what? the uh, What was the one count? Um, grand ex- theft? Grand theft and extortion. Grand theft, there was one count. That was the super fancy meal. Yeah. That was the meal that was like $300. Yeah. You know, and that really, it reached grand theft for that one. <laughs> but uh, extortion, wow. though, in the sense of... He was, they charged him with that because he was like in a verbal agreement with people like, yeah, I'm going to buy you dinner. And then was leaving, making them pay, essentially extorting money out of them to get him a free dinner. Sure. You know, so they charged him with extortion. And le- and, yeah, Even and though it was small amounts, with it, the crime. Yeah, it added up to a felony level. So they were able to charge him with felony extortion. So even though it was little bits at a time, except for, like you said, probably at least one time where it was grand theft. You said he was how old? 45? Yeah. Man, probably a lifetime con man, too. Probably. I wonder how long he's been doing shit like that. His at whole least life. since May 16th. Well, no, at <laughs> least since he was, like, 16. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if convicted of all those charges, which surely there'll be some pleading and some, you know, lowering of uh, jail time and whatnot. But uh, he can get to 13 years in prison for all of that. Wow. For uh, a big load of douchebaggery, as you put it. Yeah. Everybody, have you heard? About the discount $250 million check? Discount $250 million check? Yeah, so I, I, that's like a play on discount double check. <laughs> so side sidebar, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, this this episode's going to come out long after this, but I feel uh, a need to give a spiel about this. Because who knows, when this episode comes out, we might know, know more information. Uh, last season, he went down with a broken collarbone in like week three, maybe, yeah, and was out for all season. And he is like as much a percentage of a team as everybody, as anyone in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And when he's gone, it's a three-win team. When he's there, they're an eleven-win team. It's it's incredible, right. and it showed itself last night in the second quarter, early in the second quarter. He took a sack, and he had a 300-pound lineman, nothing dirty, uh, fell on his leg, and it bent a way that a leg isn't supposed to bend. And he ended up getting trying to walk off and then got carted out of the stadium because it was hurting to walk. So everyone in the stadium, myself included, I'm watching it getting sick. I I wanted to (laughs) change the channel. I felt so bad because it was the first game, and it was all that. And it was at home. At Green Bay, the entire stadium was I, was... I bet there were people puking in the stands <laughs> because of it. And then this dude comes out at halftime, comes jogging out with the team. Like, after he gets carted off, it looks like a season-ending injury. They wrapped it real tight. He comes jogging out with the team, 
and then starts the second half. Not only starts the second half, the team goes down 20-3 to against the Bears in the first half. Uh, they just acquired a guy named Khalil Mack, who, by the way, is probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year because of last night, the first half of last night. He had a sack, an interception, a forced fumble, a, refor- a recovered fumble, and a touchdown, all in the first half as a defensive player. Gah. So... Uh, the second half comes twenty to three Chicago, and Green Bay comes back to win twenty four to twenty three <laughs> because Aaron Rodgers overcame some broken leg, <laughs> and it was incredible. It was worth every minute of what they, they just had to listen to. They like to. injected him with like T cells and radiation and everything could, else to try and that's the stuff rebuild are, his mutant body, dude. That's the stuff sports are made of, though. Like that that. He might not play another game the rest of the year. Now, who knows? Maybe it's really bad damage. And by the time this episode comes out, people might be like, he's hurt, you asshole. But who knows? In the time watching it, I was like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. <laughs> I went on the Aaron Rodgers tangent because of discount double check. <laughs> but my story is about state. I don't even know how they connect. <laughs> you don't? He's the one that came up with discount double check. Oh, the commercial. The commercial. Yeah. yeah I, remember. I'm, I did I'm the belt. The for all of our listeners, I did the belt motion. And Hayden was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. like the OJ throat slash motion. <laughs> I get it. I have no idea. Uh, so name the uh, biggest auto insurance companies in the United States off the top uh, of your head. Uh, State Farm, Allstate, Geico. All right. Did yeah. I hit them? No. G- give me two more. Give me five. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, the General. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq. I don't know. That's that's all I got. Our listeners in Bulgaria are not going to know the general. What, what 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 are they? You're missing one big one. I just wanted to let you give you a progressive. Oh duh! I even had progressive when I was younger. <laughs> so, Such an idiot. State Farm's number one. Geico two. Progressive three. Allstate four. USAA five. So mm. uh, the gen- yeah the veterans insurance. The general is not in the top ten. So, rounds out with Liberty Mutual, Farmers, Nationwide, Travelers, and American Family. So, either way, State Farm just settled out of court for $250 million on racketeering charges. What? So, uh, there's... That's who we have. <laughs> this, so, this dated back to a 1999 class action lawsuit alleging that State Farm replaced quality car parts with junk components. Uh, we don't get our cars serviced. So this was a $1.2 billion class action lawsuit. Okay? Wow. Then, then the back in 99. Then, in 2004, they lobbied and spent $3.5 million to back the election of a judge, this guy named Lloyd Carmeyer, who was known to be friendly to their cause. Wait, so you're saying that they, like on a car that was supposed to be fixed, like that they were paying for, they had a... They were using a certain shop. Yes. Because you know they have a recommended shop. Exactly. You can only get service in these places. Absolutely. And so they had a guy. Yes. And And it happened with my Honda. I don't want to say it was a junk part, but they sent me to a certain shop. Yeah. That um, seemed shady at best, you know. And Mm. uh, who knows? (laughs) Who knows? I had State Farm, too. (laughs) But... uh, Well, surely enough, now they've... uh, 
ceased these actions. Well, if, let, if let me this is let me finish explaining it first. <laughs> this judge that they they've spent three and a half million dollars back in this guy, and he immediately threw out the 1999 ruling and left the customers that were earlier awarded money uh, with nothing. Threw it out before they had initially had to pay it. So you fast forward to now, where the appeals process they they took their time with appeals and all of that, which leads to this new class action lawsuit, but a different charge. So they're charging them with racketeering. So and with no friends, quote unquote, in federal court, the company was forced to pay or go to trial. So State Farm insists that they've done nothing wrong, and they're only quote paying for this paying the settlement to bring an end to 19 years of litigation hmm. so and they are avoiding what could have been an 8.5 billion dollar penalty if found guilty of racketeering by paying this three quarters of a million dollars oh wow so if you're curious about the math there they got out for three percent of what it would right. could have cost them right so and they kept it out of the news and they did it on a friday i believe so like a it was like a Friday dump. Of course, you that's know? how that works. And uh, it's kind of crazy because, like you said, you had State Farm, I had State Farm. I know that all insurance companies have that deal about uh, preferred shop. <laughs> so uh, you ready for break number two, right? Yeah, let's get some chips. I hope it's time for a break. I got to pee again. Hey, Big Red Van listeners, I'm Levi Johnson, brother of Hayden Johnson, who I believe you're listening to right this very second. And I have a podcast about sandwiches with my good friend, Walt Braley. And I will be filling in as interim host while Joe Blackstock is off traveling through time. Yeah, Joe has gone back in time to find the first sandwich. So you can hear about those escapades in the upcoming episodes of SandwichCast. So listen to us. You can find us on iTunes. And you can follow us on Instagram at, at SandwichCastPod. SandwichCast. Sandwich cast. It's in your mouth. Everybody, have you heard? So, uh, Mr. Daniel Beckwit is a uh, wealthy 27-year-old stock trader um, in Washington, D.C. Beckwit. Beckwit. Just before I go further, though, I just want to spoiler. This is does end as a sad story of a young man who dies accidentally, but that's not the crazy stuff. Okay. So, but just be aware it has a sad story at the end. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thanks for the warning. Yeah. So, um... Mr. Daniel here, he's a he's a crazy person. So, yeah, of course, he was successful in trading and all that and stocks and makes himself very wealthy. But it made him crazy. But he's also a super prepper, comma, hoarder, comma, conspiracy theorist, comma, uh, to put it plainly, I would, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he was probably an Alex Jones fan. He's oh, that, yes. that kind of guy. Yeah. I subscribe to Infowars. <laughs> so, like when all the North Korean stuff got all crazy, like a couple years ago, um, he like went really crazy, like thinking that nuclear destruction was imminent. Uh oh, you know. So, did he buy a bunker? Oh, well, he didn't buy one. Well, I guess he did because he hired someone. It, he went into secret construction mode in his basement. Okay. Okay. He cut a hole. In the floor uh, of the concrete floor of his basement, and dug a um, twenty foot tunnel straight down. Okay, as you do straight down, uh, or at least I should say his worker dug it. Um, but here's where their story gets a little bit crazier. So this man was so paranoid and not willing to do the work himself, 
he hired a young fellow looking for a job as a laborer for his secret project. Okay. Found this kid online. It's super weird. Like, how do you let your kid... I mean, this kid's 21 years old, so he's not really a kid, but apparently his parents... He lived at home still. Like, his parents dropped him off and met this man. Okay? So, but anyway, this kid found this dude on the internet. He puts the lotion on the skin. (laughs) And uh, looking for a laborer to help him dig this tunnel. Super weird. Okay? Puts the lotion in the basket. I know, right? Like, how does your brain not go straight to that? Because that's all my. Because doing. kids aren't raised on that these days. Um, the, the sidebar: the life was scared out of us by the time we were twelve because <laughs> of movies like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this—he's looking for someone to help him with his super project. But this is again, like I said, a super secret project. Yep. So super secret that he would rent a car. So he'd always come pick um, Mr. A- um, Askia Kafra. Is oh, his name. dude, the reptiles are out to get him. Of course. He's taking um, all measures. He would rent a car to go pick him up. Then he would then be blindfolded with blackout glasses, you know, like the sunglasses that are you can't see through them. Yes. Like, um, but he would put blackout glasses on him, and then he would drive the car around for an hour until arriving back at his house. All of these instructions he got from watching uh, Beverly Hills Ninja, starring uh, Chris Farley. Probably. (laughs) And then he would take him inside and take him down to the basement before he was allowed to take the glasses off. (laughs) Taking him down the basement blindfolded, dude. Like, how do you do that the first time? I so wish. You know what? I don't need this job. (laughs) I so wish that you'd seen Beverly Hills Ninja. (laughs) But you this know what I mean? So like when the guy's like, "No, no, no you got to keep the blindfold on until we get in the basement." Like I'd be like, "I don't need this job that much." How much you paying? Yeah, McDonald's is hiring. <laughs> <laughs> what if the kid got like a thousand dollars a day? Uh, I mean, I don't. It, they didn't discuss how much he was paying him. He said that his uh, major interest was because the guy is very rich. He's, he's renting a car. He's got he all was, these He was going to invest in this kid's startup company. He was going to help him with that if he would help him do this thing. So this kid had some little idea for something. They didn't really elaborate in the article what the kid's idea was. but um, That's how you get somebody but, to do but, anything. But he, was try- he said, I'll give you the money you need for your business if you'll come help me do this. Right. Back to digging the hole. Yeah. Um, so he also... He, one weird thing is uh, he allowed Mr. Coffre to have his cell phone with him, but uh, he was not allowed to have his cellular signal on, and he would supply Wi-Fi so he could still do what you know young people want to have their cell phone for, except that it was a VPN-protected Wi-Fi, so the IP address was random, and it was also pinging somewhere else. Not sure. So, therefore, the kid, even while he was there, would not be able to search his location based upon the ip address so he was actually taking an extra step there to make sure that the kid even while he was there was not able i would have just took his phone but i guess in this day and age you can't take a 20 year old's phone away nope. from <laughs> but uh, without them thinking something's up right so anyways and see that's the funny part because had he taken the kid's phone the kid would have freaked out but blindfolding his ass all through town for an hour and then into the basement <laughs> No, I, I can do that, but you take my phone, I'm out. <laughs> Millennials, know, right? dude. Is it not crazy? Um, so I, I did say earlier that Daniel was crazy, but he's also a major hoarder. I briefly said that. 
So they dig the 20-foot hole into a little chamber, and then he digs a 200-foot hole uh, going in a direction away from his house. Like, essentially, they're working on a escape tunnel, you know, okay, to get out somewhere not in the house. So if they needed to escape through the, the basement, they could. But basically, he's building his bomb shelter, and they made the chamber 20 feet down, and then they were making the escape tunnel. And then, of course... Um, with him being a hoarder, that empty space had to be filled with things. You just, if you know, that the psychological effect of being a hoarder, if you've got empty space, I can put something over there. Of course. Right? So that's exactly what happened. That tunnel then became a place where he would put lots and lots of things, and it built up and built up. And in order to keep light in this tunnel so that um, Kafra can work down there, he obviously had to run extension cords and surge protectors and everything else down through there, which was a monstrosity of a fire hazard. Hoarders don't think about fire hazards, dude. On top of that, uh, plugged into all those surge protectors running down through there was also fans to circulate air down there um, so Kafra can work. So, what, so fuel to a fire. <laughs> what ends up happening is, is while Kafra's down there working, he says... He can smell like a smoky, like plasticky, burny smell. Oh, no. And he's like, okay, hold on. And he goes and turns the circuit breaker off. Right? You know, because that's what you would do if you think you're about to start an electrical fire. And so all the things down there goes black. Fans turn off, all that stuff. And uh, he's trying to get out of there. And he can't get out of there because there's all this crap everywhere. And he's trying to get out and can't see what he's doing. So he's like, turn it back on so so I can find my way out. Turns it on, ignites the fire, fans are blowing, turns it into a, just a inferno. Fire tunnel. Yeah. A fire tunnel. And unfortunately, Mr. Coffred dies Quickly. inside of this super secret tunnel. Um, Flames probably come out at yeah. uh, dude. Yeah. I mean, out uh, the tunnel. But, uh, but can, can you just believe any of this? I mean, is this not just nuts? This. And I got and I, I this was one of those articles where I like researched it to several different news sites to see just to make sure it wasn't total nonsense. Right. And this is a real thing. This has really happened. Wow. This kid really, you know, he died. So it's very very sad. That's what I said. The, the story ends with the, in a sad note because the kid didn't make it. But I don't even know have the words, man. Like I don't even know how. Yeah, how do. <laughs> It's a sad thing that someone died. But he died the wrong way that you think that someone would die in a situation like that. Like, you think, oh, he died because the dude skinned him in his basement. Right. Not Wanted to wear his face. Not because he was building him a secret tunnel out of the suburb, you know. Yeah, I mean, but where do you draw the line? I mean, I guess the kid would draw the line at his phone being taken, probably. <laughs> but not at any of those other things. None of the work conditions. None of none of that. Yeah. Was there like a contract that this kid signed saying he had to do this? Apparently, the kid enjoyed it. Like, uh, oh god, no! Like he seriously said he, he got him off of one of those kind of websites. He liked the work. He just liked the work. I mean, like he thought it was fun and cool and interesting to dig a tunnel. Sure, maybe you know. And so he like, he enjoyed it. Like he actually like took selfies down there. Like and had access to the internet. He that could, doesn't mean that he liked it. I'm, no, I mean he was just a local kid that, that took out the help wanted ad. Um, it was just a super secret help. You couldn't know the guy's name. You couldn't know his. Uh, you know, where he lived or anything like that. It was all secret and had to do all that stuff to come do the work. Oh, and that was the other thing I left out. He, uh, 
so you know, that's very difficult every single day to come to work. So he would actually come work for like three and four days at a time, sleeping in the basement, eating everything, and like would never leave the basement of the guy's house for like three days. And then he would put the glasses on, he'd get him in the car, drive him around for an hour, and then take him home. Yeah. So that he would never, ever, ever know where he was or who he was technically working for and blah. Or I guess he knew technically who he was working for, but he didn't know where he lived or anything about him. Yeah, that's not Because you don't want people to know about your nuclear bomb shelter. No, it's true. Especially if it's got all your hoarder crap down there that can catch on fire. Yeah, I I think it's a pretty easy, easy note that uh, hoarders don't think about fire codes. No. They don't think about safety when it comes to all that. No, uh, I'd say not. Everybody have you heard. So this has been a great episode so far, and I figure what better way to round it out than uh, a good old story about dudes banging animals. Uh, what? So we've uh, both talked about this uh, sick part of society at least once each. Uh, you with the guy getting a shattered femur, and me with a guy uh, in the cows. Uh, you know, it, they they do what they do. But I, tonight I have a story about a man that was accused of sexually assaulting a dying beaver. <laughs> the headline is, is, is exactly what it sounds like. No, no puns off of it. Uh, he was arrested uh, the other day on animal cruelty charge after he allegedly, of course allegedly, sexually assaulted a beaver in a park. Oh, so this incident uh, this occurred in Washington State after a woman saw someone else hit a beaver with a car in the road. Okay, okay. and the beaver's in the road dying. So the lady goes home to get a, <laughs> to get a box to come back to put the injured beaver in her car and take it to the vet. Was her plan? All okay. right. At least this is what she tells oh, no. the news. <laughs> when she came back, she found a man next to the animal. She initially wondered whether he was comforting the beaver. Is what? <laughs> it's okay, little guy. <laughs> However, he was on top of the beaver with his pants unzipped, is what the report was. When officers arrived, the beaver was dead. The, uh, the proverbial fucked him to death. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, late last night, officers responded to Columbia Park for a report of a transient male having sex sexual contact with a wild animal from the Kennewick Police Department. Excuse me! There! Yeah! yeah. There, fucker! Do you need assistance? <laughs> so, uh, we've talked about this a couple times and how gross these dudes are, what the thought process is going behind any of this. What's the thought process behind me reading an article about this? You know? But then, even more... What's the thought process about me clicking on a link for an article where men sexually being accused of sexually abusing dogs, horses, a cow, a goat more than a thousand times? Because I clicked on an article that said that too. <laughs> three Shock men, value, dude. Three men. <laughs> Give me what what state you guess these three men are from. It's not one of our obvious three. It's not. It's not Florida. You're talking about the guy that bangs the beavers. Where is he from? No, I told you he was Washington State. Oh yeah, duh. you said the, that. These three guys. Okay, read them off to me one more time. Give me their crimes. One thousand four hundred and sixty counts of sexual intercourse with animals. 
The men are accused of of abusing animals, including dogs, horses, a cow, and a goat at a makeshift farm in Clearfield County. Clearfield County. Hmm. Mississippi. No. North. South Dakota. (laughs) Pennsylvania. (laughs) Mr. Terry Wallace, Matthew Brubaker, and Mark Miesnikoff. Oh. Brubaker's a strong name for a... uh, for a man that has sexual intercourse with animals. But uh, they, with that charge, felony charges relating to endangering the welfare of children and the corruption of minors. These men... <laughs> the corruption of minors. <laughs> these men uh, happen to have a 16-year-old boy living with them, and the boy uh, told police that they had a special uh, pin, specially designed barn, that was for what the boy said was for the sex stuff. Oh, so they, who knows what kind of contraptions they had they in there. They got a special stall. For their animals. Um, <laughs> the, the police were saying uh, they arrested them and they found cameras and they found a large volume of homemade videos. Oh my God. Like videoing them banging these goats? Videoing each other. Three 40-something country boys. Just <laughs> Police said, I've been doing this for over 20 years, and this is probably the worst situation of this type of any of the case that I've come across. Oh, my word. They don't believe that the boy was involved with any of the contact, but he said he knew about it. Wow. He's like, yeah, I know. My dad, my uncle, and his friend, they <laughs> like... <laughs> Those three guys. They like to do weird stuff back there. I, I hear a lot of weird noises. <laughs> it's but... not me, but <laughs> those guys... God, dude. Yeah, they bang goats. That's horrifying. You know, I once heard Louis C.K. say something about how the only reason that he wanted a goat was so that he could tell people that he had sex with a trash can. Oh. That dude. That dude did some nasty shit. He did some awful things. I mean, he said a lot of nasty things, but he did some awful things. Oh, yeah. He he didn't like... So, speaking of some awful things... (laughs) um. We always do this at the end of the episode. But I want to know if you've ever heard of Bohemian Grove. Nope. Nope. That means nothing to you? I don't know what that is. So I hope that I get a couple of listeners to Google it and read more about it than just what you might find on Wikipedia, say. But Bohemian Grove uh, was... It's this retreat. It's this large... Like, it's around 3,000 acres, I'd say. Uh compound out in california that the elite of the elite attend oh. and it was uh, it's like a ten thousand dollar weekend uh well it was it's like invitation only kind of thing oh and people there was a reporter that snuck into it in like the 60s that was able to get some pictures on the inside of it uh one one got some pictures granted and one snuck undercover and got some pictures that were not supposed to be granted (laughs) but so there's all this uh conspiracy theory built around a lot of these it's like a skull and bones type of place but the pictures that you can find are of richard nixon and ronald reagan and a couple of other very high-ranking people in the world that are sitting around a table uh in this in like 1968 i think it was 68 or 69 okay and this is a retreat that these very powerful prominent men went to uh every year and they were there for like two weeks and it was a thing that uh it's like how could a president be 
there for two weeks and us as the people not know that they're at this thing and they're, you know, not, not running the country. Like what two weeks of the year is that is kind of what <laughs> I'm wondering. But anyway, uh, the undercover reporter. Well, right now it's every weekend. Had some, <laughs> had some pictures of, uh, the, the rituals they were doing, like very paganistic type of rituals. There's this big giant, like 10, f- 10 story statue, wooden statue of an owl. And the owl is like some figure in mythology or God, Woo-hoo! God belief system <laughs> that, but they pray to this owl and they like do all these rituals in front of this owl dressed up in these certain garbs and all that. And like, it's almost like it's a cult type yeah. of thing. Like and, the Freemasons and all those, like fraternities, they all do weird stuff like that. Of it's course. just like a ritual thing. Like. Absolutely, and there's no way that those things don't exist now. There's there's no way that they just died with the older generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, I got to talking about Bohemian Grove with with a friend uh, the other day, and I wanted to bring it up and see if you'd ever heard about it. Hadn't. It's it's one of those things. It's it's linked to so many different conspiracies. Ah, that's what it was. What brought it up was the construction at the Denver airport. Have you heard about this? No. So there's a bunch of construction going on at the Denver airport. No big deal, right? Everyone thinks it's an airport. So They're always repaving all, something. All of them are under construction. Yeah. But what's so special about the Denver airport? Any conspiracy theorists out there might know that there's a big idea that there's this base that's underneath the denver airport like seven ten miles underneath the <laughs> soil miles <laughs> where they have this in base the liquid hot magma. In, in the magma <laughs> where they have this base it's like illuminati style belief system mm-hmm. and uh they believe that these camps like well anyway the the airport is uh going along with all of it they have marketing up in the airport that shows like lizard people poking out of suits saying things <laughs> oh my god and they have like a construction hat that has the illuminati symbol the triangle with the eye in it on the construction hat yeah oh yeah of course um, they do saying uh construction or cover up or cover up or, yeah like with question mark you know that's hilarious. So they're playing along with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Good good PR. And I showed that to a friend, and I said, have you ever heard of these places? Obviously, you've heard of Skull and Bones, but have you ever heard of Bohemian Grove? He's like, no. Those types of people are the ones that are supposed to know about what's going on at the Denver airport, if there's ever if there's anything going on at the Denver airport. <laughs> All of those people are supposed to know. Like, it's one of those conspiracy theories that uh, – it's one of the easiest places to hide something is in plain sight. And the biggest example of that for the Illuminati types is the Denver airport hmm. that they all go in and out of the Denver airport in plain sight. It's up in the mountains too. And they just go down under the ground. Yeah. There's even been like vice TV has done investigative, try to send journalists there to talk to people that run the airport, asking them to take them to the underground chambers and stuff. <laughs> These people are like, you're crazy. So, no one, no Where's one will, the hatch? Yeah, there is none. So, <laughs> Anyway, maybe we'll have Illuminati listeners now. Maybe. Or we just got put on a list. Yeah, I'm, that's kind of what I mean. I think I think the, the algorithms caught us and 
we're on a list now. So that was fun. Uh, banging animals, Illuminati. Ugh, banging animals. Everything in between. So, uh, great, solid episode. I'm usually the grosser one. I know, when you can round it out with that, we're a solid episode. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, my friend. That was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 56. And we are definitely going to catch you on the next one. Bye.